We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Alright, welcome to another edition of the Bunning Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. As always, Back with my guy, Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we've had some pods coming out. We actually haven't sat down and recorded in like three weeks. How you been, man? Been a while. Like, I forgot what Steve sounded like. I I, I kind of missed the the little Stevie in, in uh, the Rams Talk podcast here. But uh, the better question is, Steve, how are you doing after... Such a big heartbreak that seems all too familiar. You know, man, I uh, <laughs> game seven of the Sixers was yesterday, and Saturday night I was talking to my fiance, and I was like, should, should we try and go to this game? Should we drive from New York to Philly, pay like $300 for tickets? And then she was like, I mean, it's not even the finals. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It's not the finals. They're in game seven against the Hawks. I had a lacrosse game last night at 10 p.m., which was during the fourth quarter of this game. I went to the game. I was going to record it and not check my phone to watch the rest when I get home. Somebody let me know that they lost. Thank God. You know, I, <laughs> I, I haven't really been a Sixers fan for all that long. And when I really started to, like, get into the team um, – was when the process started, so I didn't give a shit if they were losing. That's, like, that was fine. So you kind of just forget, like, how much you hate sports uh, until your team just fucking collapses at all, like, in the most, like, up, in, like, to the point where you don't, like, you have absolutely no faith in anything about the team anymore. Like, your your second best player is just passing up open dunks. Like I don't even know what I don't even know what the NFL equivalent of that be. If it would be like if like Robert Woods lined up on the right side of the field by himself and everyone else was on the left side, but Jared Goff just like 
took a knee because he didn't have faith he could throw the ball accurately 30 yards down the field. It just like, I hate him. I, I hate him, man. I, I can't stand him. I'm glad I'm, glad, I'm, they don't, they don't deserve to be alive. Like, they, like, I feel, I feel like when the Rams were in the playoffs, you're like, we're just like, well, they had a good season. Like, it was a good game. It could have went better. But what are you going to do? Uh, the 76ers do not deserve to be in the playoffs anymore. And I don't give a shit that if they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe they could have beaten the Bucks. Maybe they would have figured it out. They don't fucking deserve it, dude. The Hawks are not good. They're probably going to get swept by the Bucks. They, they do not deserve to be in the playoffs. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel there, Steve. My God. Well, I'm so glad I didn't have to watch the second half of that game. <laughs> oh, man. I, I I can't even say anything, though, because the Lakers equally had high expectations and just got dismantled by the Phoenix Suns. So your second best, Your anything. second best player was hurt, and the Suns are good. Uh, the true. Hawks are not good. Uh, they would have been out in the first round in the West, but they're in the conference finals because – uh, the Sixers are just a train wreck. They're not well coached. They have one good player, two good players. Sorry, I'll never say a bad thing about Seth Curry again. Uh, and <laughs> now they're like they're gonna have to trade Ben Simmons for I don't fucking know what. Like, but he's not gonna be on the team next year. There's absolutely no way after that series. He will get booed every time he takes the court in Philly. And when you're when your coach pretty much tells you that he doesn't have faith in you, uh, there's really nowhere to go but but a trade after well, that point. Man, it's like if you like, if we we're a Sixers podcast, like we'd be dissecting these post game quotes. Like he basically Ben Simmons basically said in the post game interview, like, "Well, winning's hard. Like you know, it's not easy to win the NBA." Like he he asked, like he was like, "How many how many shots does Trey Young miss in this game?" Like. Basically, like, I don't know. I don't even know what, like, he's basically acting like this is the type of player he is. And you, there's a difference between not shooting threes and not shooting at all. Like, you don't need to be at the three-point line jacking threes. Like, you cannot be passing up dunks. It's free points. And that the game was over there. I don't know. Anyways, this is not a Sixers podcast. Uh, I'm all into hockey now. Go Golden Knights. Can't wait for football to start. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I had to bring that up. Eh. Oh my god, they're the worst. Uh, they're the fucking worst. <laughs> my god. I mean, ugh. not nothing in the in my life as a Rams fan has been as disappointing as that. At least when the Rams were bad, like they were bad. Like you know, like, I even, like, I, I would say the most disappointing Rams season of my adult life was it was either 2011, after the year they went 7-9, and nine, where, like, they weren't really good. So it's like, it is what it is. Or, you know, 2019, where after the Super Bowl run, we don't make the playoffs. And it's like, like at le- I don't know, like, at least it was easy to figure out what happened. And that team, I don't know, like, it's not even close. They weren't the one seed, and they didn't get... Fle- they didn't get fucking ran off the field in the first round by the Panthers or some shit. <laughs> like, it, un- my God. Anyways, uh, we are in part three of our less need trade report cards. We are going through every trade less need has ever made. If you haven't listened to the first two pods yet, uh, please check them out. Last two episodes of Bunny had the first one we did 
every trade he made as a GM of the St. Louis Rams, which was between 2012 and 2015. Last pod was 2016 and 2017. That included a lot of meaty trades in there. Uh, this week's pod, we're starting with 2018, which was Lesney's busiest offseason, I think, ever. Uh, there wasn't, you know, the monumental trade. Like, you could probably rank the biggest trades of his career and his, I would say, maybe his top four or five aren't in this season. But there's a shitload of trades. So uh, let's go back to it. And I want, I want to let you start on this, Johnny. First trade they made that year, they traded Robert Quinn, former All-Pro, uh, one of the better Rams of the last 10 years. They traded him in a 2018 six-round pick that ended up becoming Cornell Armstrong to the Dolphins for a 2018 fourth that became Brian Allen and a 2018 sixth that they would end up trading that would become Sam Jones. So uh, the, the obviously need context of this trade. Robert Quinn had a big contract. They moved on him for him so they could bring in some new talent. But, like, a couple years later, knowing that Robert Quinn is still decent and in the NFL, how would you grade this trade? It's kind of interesting because if you look at what Robert Quinn has done recently, the Rams definitely lost this trade. But at the same time, he didn't exactly stick around with the Miami Dolphins either. So... <laughs> at the end of the day, the Rams needed to free up some money. They, um, and then Robert Quinn also didn't exactly fit the defensive scheme that they were going with. So basically uh, at, at the end of it all, I, I gave it a C just because it was something they needed to do. It's just, it's disappointing that they didn't get really anything out of it except Brian Allen. So yeah. they basically didn't get anything out of it. Pretty much. That's <laughs> that's that's the accurate answer there. So I, I gave it a C uh, just because, it, like I said, it, it needed to be done regardless. But you, you could never know what you're going to get in the NFL draft. It just so that happened this time that they basically, the best thing they got was Brian Allen. Yeah, so it, it's a hard one, man. I gave it, I actually gave it a D because... We're doing this podcast with hindsight. We're factoring in what the picks became. The pick became Brian Allen, so it gets a bad grade for me. Uh, it is not a good pick. Robert Quinn's still playing. Um, you know, he is not what he was at his best, but he'd be pretty fucking useful on the Rams, like, if he were still here. I know it It probably was never feasible with that contract, but, I mean, you look You look at the players they bring in that, that offseason, Um they did have to free up a lot of cap space, but like you, if you wanted to keep Robert Quinn, you you could have either sacrificed one of like Lamarcus Joyner or Nadamkin Sue, or Brandon Cooks, or keep Talib. Like, do you want to sacrifice one of those players for Robert Quinn? It, it's tough to say, you know. I like in twenty like. In 2018, I mean, I don't know. Who would you have rather had, Robert Quinn or Ndamukong Sue? I feel like it's probably Ndamukong Sue, right? Yeah, because at that point, we we don't know what we're going to get with Ndamukong Sue. And like I said, I, I think from a scheme perspective, Robert Quinn didn't exactly fit the mold the Rams are going with. So, yeah, as much as Robert Quinn did do well, um, after leaving the Rams as well, 
I, I still think that they made the best case scenario here. They they ended up getting Nick and Sue, who maybe didn't do as well as we would have hoped. But again, this that's in retrospect. That's not from that moment standpoint. Uh, from that moment standpoint, we're we're thinking a little bit more highly of Nick and Sue. Let's be real. Yeah. So I. I'm trying to think of a way to justify my D. When I was in high school, I we had a project where we had to shoot a a video, um, like replicating. I think the assignment was something like replicate a scene from All Quiet on the Western Front, the book. And me and my friend shot a movie trailer of just like us basically fucking around in the woods. And, like, I post-produced it. Like, the video looked pretty cool, and we loved it. And we, you could tell we clearly put an effort into it. But it had absolutely nothing to do with the book. And you couldn't, like, even though we tried, you look at the end result, and it's like my teacher must have looked at it and said, yeah, they tried. You know, they put effort into this. But at the end of the day, their video is basically the high school project equivalent of Brian Allen. It has amounted to nothing. So it got a D. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yep. So that's my D. It's probably better than a D, but I the end result was Brian Allen. Robert Quinn's one of the best players the Rams have had in the last last decade. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not getting more than a D. Next trade, one near and dear to my heart, Johnny. We traded a 2018 fourth round pick that became a Marnie. Ar- Armani Watts. I don't know why I called that. What I don't know what I just said. And a 2019 second round pick for Juan Thornhill. Or sorry, the 2019 second round pick ended up becoming Juan Thornhill. We traded this to the Chiefs for my man Marcus Peters and a 2018 sixth round pick. Johnny, is there a NASCAR race happening in your backyard right now? Well, you know they. Uh, I didn't have anybody. Um, <laughs> Anybody outside my window, which, by the way, my window's closed, and now all of a sudden there wants to be a motorcycle rally, like, in front of my house. So, uh, you know, podcasting. (laughs) I was going to ignore it. It just kept getting louder and louder. Um, But, yeah, 2018 fourth, 2019 second for Marcus Peters and a 2018 sixth that the Rams would end up trading, ended up becoming Cornell Armstrong. Um you know, I still give this a B plus, even though Marcus Peters was only here for a year and a half and that second season was really up and down. I mean, the first one was a little up and down. I ultimately feel like the Rams don't make the Super Bowl if they don't make this trade. Um, yeah, you get to keep Tlaib and, you know, when Tlaib was out, that secondary was a little rough, but when they were together... They were locked. They was a lockdown duo when the two of them were together in 2018. They were crushing it, and I think it was they they needed like you know I think if the team was to keep to leave and either somebody they drafted or uh, a free agent that they put out there or maybe it, maybe it was Troy Hill. Uh, if that was the case in 2018, I, I don't know if this team goes to the Super Bowl. And I think that like even though. It didn't last that long. You did give up a second-round pick. You did give up a fourth-round pick. I think the the results we got were worth the price. Um, and, I mean, even if in hindsight, you know, these picks don't don't end up killing you. I give this a B plus. I think it was the right trade. I think it helped us tremendously that year. 
even though you know everyone everyone has their own take on Marcus Peters, I think we needed him that season. I'm actually surprised you gave it just a B plus. I, I gave it an A plus, honestly. Okay, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's only because like he wasn't here that long, and you did give up some decent draft capital. I mean, ultimately, that 2019 second ended up becoming the second to last pick in the second round. So, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe I'll, I'll bump so, it up to an A minus, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so here's my take on it. So you make a good point that that Marcus Peters wasn't really here for that long. But as you also mentioned, you know, this is he's partially responsible for getting the Rams to the Super Bowl. You know, he he had a very big impact with the key to leave and was it, it was a nice splash into free agency that uh, I think everyone started to see less need getting even more and more ridiculous with his uh, wheeling and dealing here. Um, but this was one for the better. You know, uh, they did give up a little bit of draft capital, but still wasn't that big compared to what Marcus Peters contributed. And even though he didn't stay with the team that long, it also led up to us getting Jalen Ramsey later on. While it wasn't like a straight up swap, it pretty much was. Um, So in the end, yeah, we gave up a little bit for for Marcus Peters. But don't forget that his contract was was ending pretty soon, too. The Baltimore Ravens actually had to to, uh, resign him to a larger contract. So the Rams got him for really cheap for a Marcus Peters anyway, and, you know, didn't give up a, a whole lot, if you ask me. So that's why I, I gave it an A+. Plus. I, I thought it was a solid trade. I mean, yeah, I think you sold me. I'll bump it up to an A-, minus, um, because I, I kind of didn't really, like, think about, it too, that that pick basically ended up being a third-round pick uh, because we did so well. We It was the second-to-last pick in the second round. Yeah. yeah love him man miss him every day we will talk about that other marcus peters trade later on in the pod rams trade a 2018 fifth round pick to denver for a keep to leave now we have to talk about this trade along with another trade because late a few weeks later in the nfl draft they turn around and they traded the 183rd pick which was the sixth round pick they actually got in the robert quinn trade Along with a, I lost my spot, a, the 217th pick, which is a seventh round pick, that and those picks ended up becoming Sam Jones and Keyshawn uh, Berea, respectively. They trade those two picks to move up back to the 160th pick, the 2018 fifth round pick that they traded for Akeem Talib, which ended up becoming Abania Arcoronquo. So they basically traded a six round pick and a seventh round pick for a keep to leave. Uh, I, I give this an a plus because like, even if it was the fifth round pick, I'd still probably give it an a plus. Uh, I keep to leave was, you know, you could argue who was more talented that year to leave repeaters. It doesn't matter to leave was the guy who he brought a veteran presence. He brought like credibility. He brought a, like a locker room leader to that team uh, to that secondary, he was a team captain. Uh, he elevated the defense in a lot of ways, for sure. Even though, he, you know, you're not going to sit here and say Akeem Talib was one of the five best cornerbacks in the league in 2018. He was still really good, and he was instrumental in that few, that Super Bowl run. 
Um, if he didn't get hurt, they might have had an even better record, but it didn't matter because they got him back for the playoffs. I, like To me, this is one of the best trades Let's need made, and it's hilarious that they actually ended up getting that pick back, and it's a guy in Okoronko who may still end up being a contributor. Uh, he's shown a little bit of flashes. He hasn't really been on the field much until last year, but like if it's an A-plus for me, and if he works out, it's even more of an A-plus, but it doesn't really ha- matter what happens to him. It's an A-plus on its own, for sure. Akeem Tlaib may not have been Marcus Peters, but he was the counterpart to Marcus Peters. He was kind of the balance, and uh, also a, a big major reason why the Rams went to the Super Bowl in 2018. Um, you know, I, I think that to lead to get him for essentially lower round picks is, is nothing short of amazing. And then plus we get Okoronko out of it. I, I'm all for it. You know, th- this is even if Oboe doesn't uh, amount to what we hope he can be. I, I think that this is still a win. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's any denying whatsoever that this was an a plus uh definitely one of uh sneed's better trades yep yeah i mean not much more to say about it there's literally no negative things to say about this trade um back-to-back trades here and two two of the like more interesting trades to look back on the rams traded alec ogletree um and a 2019 seventh round pick that ends up becoming chris slayton to the giants for a 2018 fourth round pick and a 2018 six-round pick. And I feel like, to me, like, even though, <laughs> like, the, you basically get back nothing, uh, you get it because you blow both these picks. You get a 2018 fourth-round pick. You draft John Franklin Myers at 135. Actually, it's a decent rookie year, but then he gets cut. So it's like, okay, you got one year out of a guy who wasn't that good. Uh, and your six-round pick, you take John Kelly, who the Rams trusted so much that, when time came for him to start a couple games and Todd Gurley got injured, they signed C.J. Anderson off of his couch and gave him every carry after, like, four days of practice. Uh, they blew both the picks, but at the same time, I still give it a B because, like, Alec Goldrich fell apart. Like, he's not good anymore. Uh, even though we, you know, Corey Lindleton stepped in, and even though, like, we could still use an inside linebacker, like, it's not him. Uh, he you got a fourth round pick for a guy who just was on a steady decline after this point. It's not like Robert Quinn where I don't think Robert Quinn's value in 2018 is much worse than it is today. He's just older. Like Ogletree is older and way worse. Uh, I I think it's a B even though the picks didn't work out because it was the right move call to move on from him. Yeah, I, I gave it a C plus just because, uh, it, it was the right thing to do overall, just to clear up some cap space. Hey, funny that that seems to be a reoccurring thing, doesn't it? Um, yeah, they cleared up cap space for for Ogletree, and you know they they tried to make best of the situation by getting some picks back, and uh, unfortunately it didn't work out. John Franklin Myers did not uh, pan out, unfortunately, and. John Kelly never really got an opportunity, so happens. Uh, but yeah, C plus just because it needed to happen, and uh, unfortunately, picks don't happen all the time. Good, good low round picks, I should say. Yeah, yeah, like it is what it is. We've talked about at length about how you don't hit them all. 
Um, but yeah, I think it was still the right call to move on from Ogletree. I don't think it was the right call to move on from John Franklin Myers in 2019, but that's neither here nor there. Um, still blows yeah, my mind. Yeah, I didn't think so either. <laughs> yeah, what a weird fucking move. Um, next trade, they trade a first round pick. Um, I so I guess this is the at this point it was the second year in a row now that they would be without a, a first round pick. Ends up, it's 23rd overall and ends up becoming Isaiah Wynn in that draft. And a 2018 six-round pick that ends up getting traded to the Patriots for Brandon Cooks and a 2018 fourth-round pick that they wind up trading ends up becoming Marcus Haynes. Um, and we'll talk about that Marcus Haynes pick in a little bit. I don't think we need to talk about these trades together. So this is a very, like, it's a weird one to look back on given how Cooks panned out, you know, in the short term. An absolute win. Brandon Cooks, more helpful in 2018 than anyone you would have gotten at that pick. But I don't, like, he filled the void for Sammy Watkins. He he was huge for the team's Super Bowl run. With Cooper Cup getting injured, I think, yes, you needed Brandon Cooks to make that Super Bowl run. However, if Cup doesn't get injured, I don't know if you need Brandon Cooks on the team to make that run, but... Regardless of winning 2018, I think he was more valuable than anyone that would have gotten at that pick for that season. But after he left, he's a weird 2019 season. He's injured. It's up and down. He's not that great when he's on the field. He's a giant contract that they signed him to an extension for uh, way too early, but I guess it doesn't really matter. They end up moving on from him. They trade him for the 57th pick, um, which ends up becoming Van Jefferson. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that pick a little later, but... So you end up with Van Jefferson, and essentially this trade, you trade the 2018 first-round pick for two years of Brandon Cooks and then Van Jefferson. If you stay at that pick, man, I mean, that's a first-round pick. That's a valuable pick. Isaiah Wynn is a good player. He was the 11th highest-graded tackle on Pro Football Focus. And if you just stay at that pick and take a wide receiver instead of trading for him, the next three receivers off the board are DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, and Cortland Sutton. Those are all really good receivers. Uh, Calvin Ridley is one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton is really good, and he's a big body, a a type of player the Rams would need right now. Um, DJ Moore, I I think he's not not as big of a need player as the Rams would have, but he's very good at receiver. Um, So, like like I said, you you pass up on one meaningful – you give up one meaningful – I, I am word vomit right now, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you trade, you could add one of those three guys, but instead you end up with Brandon Cooks for a year where he's really good and then a year where he's not, and Van Jefferson, who, you know, might end up becoming the fifth receiver on the depth chart this year if Atwell pans out. That's a, that's a possible thing that could happen. Um, it's It's really like this trade, I think, out of all the win-now trades we've made, I think this is the most, the one where you see the positives of going all in and trading a first round pick for a good player and the negatives because, you know, we'll talk about Jalen Ramsey a little bit later, but he's a home run right now, it seems. Brandon Cooks was a double for a year. Um, 
and you could like you could have just taken Calvin Ridley, you could have just taken Cortland Sutton, and those guys would be really good and on the roster. And if you go that route, you know, you don't need to to draft Tutu Atwell this year. You know, you never would have had that Van Jefferson pick. So it's neither here nor there talking about it. Um, so I guess after all that and all my reasoning laid out. I gave it a C plus. It might be a B minus because he was a really important player in the Super Bowl run. But like compared to the Marcus Peters trade, I think this draft pick is a little more important. What do you think? Yeah, as far as uh as far as Brandon Cooks is concerned, I I liked I liked the the trade initially. I think there isn't really anybody that didn't like this trade initially because I mean he it really wasn't that much money when or uh, much trade value when when you really consider it together and while they could have gotten you know guys more longer term uh Ridley would have been nice but um, <laughs> yeah you think yeah it would have been nice but um I still think Brandon Cooks would have been a solid guy to have still, but the problem is we didn't, you know, the the Rams didn't know what the future was with with Jared Goff, and this is where it becomes problematic. So his short stay, I think, was a little bit disappointing because it was a premature gesture to – keep the faith in Jared Goff, which ultimately didn't pan out anyway. But um, in terms of the trade itself, I think it was still a solid move. I I would still make this trade again and maybe do something different later on, but um, I, I would make this trade still today, even knowing Calvin Ridley becomes a, an option later on, because I think Brandon Cooks was the uh, Brandon Cooks is really good for this team. And he, like I said, would have been really nice to have with Matthew Stafford. So it's a shame that he's not with us anymore. Ultimately, I gave it a B plus just because it, it could have gone better. But that that's just that's what happens every now and then. So um, I, I can't knock it too much, but uh, it could have been better. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I, I don't really disagree with your grade or, or anything you said, honestly. I think just because we, you know, we're talking about all the factors, that's why my grade would be lower. But yeah, and like, if they traded Brandon Cooks because they weren't sure about Jared Goff, like, that's on that's on them, man. That's a bad decision if you're going to trade a guy because you don't think your quarterback could get in the ball. Um, Like, that should, that should not be the reason you trade one of these. I mean, look, we all thought Cooks was kind of done after last year. He's clearly not done. He's good. Um, never a great receiver, always a good receiver. Um, yeah, like, am I losing sleep over the fact that they made this trade? No, absolutely not. It it does not keep me up one bit at night. Um, there are things like knowing we could have had Khalil Mack instead of Greg Robinson. That is just insane. But like knowing we could have had Calvin Ridley instead of Brandon Cooks, it's not like, not at that level, you know, and who knows if we... Who knows if we even would have picked him there, but even like Isaiah Wynn would have been useful. Um, but not the worst thing they've done, for sure. Not even close. And it helped. It helped in 2018. It helped in the short term, and that's what mattered at the time. 
maybe the most inconsequential trade of the entire podcast, and that's including the Greg Salas trade. Uh, the Rams traded the 87th pick, became Arden Key, to the Raiders for the 89th pick that became Joseph Noteboom and a six-round pick in the same draft that they ended up trading later on. I <laughs> I gave this trade an A. You move back two spots and you get a pick in the end of the third round. Like it's a no-brainer. They probably would have taken Joseph Noteboom at 87. Get that extra pick. It's two spots. It's not at the top of the draft where like you risk – a he a great player losing out on him i this trade doesn't matter there's a chance neither of these guys are ever going to be good <laughs> I, I i gave it a, a b uh maybe i was a little too hard on this one but uh, uh i i gave it a b just because i remember being disappointed in the selection of joseph Nopum. um but in the end, I, I feel like Joseph Noteboom was it has been serviceable. You know, he's he started at, at guard uh, a couple times. Um, you know, for a couple actually a couple seasons. You know, the problem being he can't stay healthy, and uh, you know he even lined up at left tackle while uh, Andrew Whitworth was out for most uh, for a good portion of last season. So. In the end, like Joseph Nopum, even if he doesn't amount to anything else other than that, that's not bad considering. Yeah. Arden Key is not exactly lighting the world on fire. He's not even on the Raiders anymore. Yeah, there you have it. So, uh, yeah, I I gave it a B. Um, Might be a little too harsh, but yeah. Hopefully, Joseph Nopum contributes something, but we're not even sure he's going to be the starter in 2021. Uh, which is slightly disappointing, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, today he's he's not slotted into the starting lineup, so we'll see in a couple of months. Uh, another trade, hey, well, this one, I don't know. They trade a 2018 fourth-round pick, 136, ends up being Marcus Haynes for, to the Panthers for a fifth-round pick, 147, so only 11 spots back, even though it's, uh, in a different round, ends up becoming Micah Kaiser. They pick up another six-round pick, 197th pick that uh, ends up getting traded later on. They they draft Sean Deion Hamilton, or Sean Deion Hamilton ends up becoming that pick. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of the same. Like, I give it a B minus. Um, like moving back 11 spots and getting another six-round pick. They had a lot of six-round picks. I I don't know. I. We'll see what happens with Micah Kaiser. They do get a position in need. Haynes, Marcus Haynes seems like he's a better player than Micah Kaiser today, but I don't think we'll see. It was it was decent process in the trade. They love getting as many picks as they can. I don't know. B minus. For whatever reason, I don't have so much love for this trade as I had for the no boom trade. I I pretty much went with B, so yeah. <laughs> I they they really it's it's a lower round trade so like it happens all the time especially with teams like the rams that just absolutely love to trade so yeah there's really not a whole lot to discuss here yeah and we won't discuss it any further uh johnny this this one is easily the like my favorite trade of this entire podcast series just in terms of how funny it was when I read it, like just it's just hilarious how this trade turned out. <laughs> the Rams trade Tavon Austin to the Cowboys 
for the 192nd pick, and that ends up becoming Jamil Demby. Just like if you're a longtime listener of this pod, like I hope you appreciated that as much as as much as I did when I read it. Like, um, I gave it a C. Like you shed a little salary move in Austin, but they also just restructured his deal to make it pretty team friendly. Like he obviously was done like with the Rams. He didn't really have any value, but um, you you already have like. I, I think they already had three six-round picks when they made this trade uh, because for whatever reason, they were fucking wheeling and dealing on day three in this draft. I mean, we're not even halfway through the day three trades, I don't think. Um, so you get another six-round pick. Yeah, sure, give yourself another shot. Well, you you blow the shot. Uh, Jamil Demby's still on the team, but, I mean, in, in spirit only at this point. Uh, I would have rather – not that it really matters. I would have rather them gotten a – like 2019 fifth or sixth because you already have so many six in this draft. Like you can't like this draft that much. Um, and ultimately in 2021 today, Taylor Austin is the better player. So I don't know. He didn't really win anything. I think they were just so desperate to get something out of Tavon. They took it as a victory because of that. Yeah. Yeah. They probably did. I, to, to be perfectly honest with you, I was shocked that they got a six-round pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just a know. shame they got Jamel Tempe out of it. The Cowboys used him. like it, they, they absolutely fucking won this trade. It was a coup for them. Oh, yeah. There's no questions asked. I mean, they didn't exactly get the Tavon Austin that the Rams were hoping for, but, um, yeah, he was serviceable somewhat. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, like so. Yeah, no. So the like the next trade, you you pick up another six round pick. So then here they go. They they literally made like four trades involving six round picks in this draft. Uh, this one, they trade back. So this is like it's funny when like these trades like you read the the picks and it's not a big deal, and then you read the players. They trade the one hundred ninety fourth pick for. Um, the 244th pick and the 256th pick. So you move back a decent amount of spots, but it's like day three. So, I mean, does it matter that much? Well, maybe for a team that was obsessed with getting six-round picks in this draft, um, they pick up two sec- two seventh-round picks. They end up becoming uh, Justin Lawler, and then the other one's Trey Quinn, but we end up trading that pick, and it ends up being Trevon Young and Trayvon Howard that they get back. We'll talk about that in a second, but... The player that went at 194 is Russell Gage, who, I mean, you could argue is better than any receiver the Rams have drafted since Cooper Cup. So, I mean, even though this trade, like, is not a big deal, when we're factoring the players, you have to give it an F. Because he's bad. Like, you you still had so many six-round picks. You draft Sebastian Joseph Day with the literal next pick. So, like, you're not mad about this draft, but, like, in grading this inconsequential trade, it has to be an F because Russell Gage is not bad. Yeah, Russell Gage is it's actually surprisingly good. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's what I was rolling with because of who who they ended up with, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, no, no, really, even reason to debate it. I mean, I think he might be better than Josh Reynolds. Maybe we could have been useful last year. <laughs> Um, next trade, this is 
the last trade in the draft, second to last trade of 2018, they trade another six-round pick. This one's 197 and the 256 pick that they just picked up in the last trade. Like, I can't even imagine their fucking draft room making all these trades during the draft. Um, just like with six-round picks. It's like <laughs> they're just in like an active dynasty league and just making trades for no reason. Uh, but they end up getting the 205th pick, becomes Trayvon Young. And the 231st pick, that becomes Trayvon Howard. So, I mean, Howard is the only guy out of these four that's still on the team that drafted him. Uh, shout out to my bikers out there in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, so, Trayvon Howard, as much as I've said in this podcast, it's insane for people to like think he should be locked in as a starter when he's done nothing. Um, the best player in the trade... And you get the best player for moving back eight spots in the sixth round and moving up 25 spots in the seventh. Like, I guess I got to give it an A minus, you know, for just a trade that doesn't also like didn't really matter. You got a player who's still on the team who, you know, isn't a, a, a hard lock to make the team, but seems like a, lock, a pretty much lock to make the Rams this year. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm kind of right there with you. I, initially I was giving it a, uh, B plus, but I think you uh, might have inspired me to go up to an A minus. It's funny, uh, Johnny, because I literally had B plus written down on my paper, and as I explained the thoughts behind the trade being good, I upped it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it makes perfect sense the way you explained it and everything. That's absolutely true, even though it's such a random trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a good trade. By the way. I have to ask the listeners, how are you liking your motorcycle ASMR? I'm, I love I'm it. only looking out in your guys' best interest. It, it like, it, it's, to me, like, listening to podcasts, like, when there's, like, kind of subtle background noise, it's more annoying than if, like, something insane, like, something just, like, fuck, like a motorcycle parade happening outside your house. Uh, it, I, and this almost never happens. I never hear motorcycles outside my house not that i'm actively listening for it or anything but i i never hear that and of course the day we hop on a podcast they're out there you know basically doing wheelies everywhere yeah hey hey why wouldn't it uh last last trade of uh 2018 the rams trade a 2019 third round pick nine ends up being 98th overall ends up becoming quincy williams and a 2020 fifth round pick ends up being 165, ends up becoming Colin Johnson, to the Jaguars for Dante Fowler. Um, a, a big trade at the time, and uh, I think this is a great trade. What would you grade it? I gave it an A+. Plus. I, I remember telling you uh, that I wanted Dante Fowler so bad, I didn't think it was going to happen, and basically the Rams surrendering just a third and a fifth-round pick for him. Uh, yeah, that that was a no-brainer for me, and um, he unfortunately didn't stay with the Rams that long. But for a third and fifth round pick, who cares? And uh, well, he he didn't have that much success in in Atlanta, but uh, he's still young, so who knows? Maybe he bounces back. Yeah, it's to me like the trade in in kind of a vacuum of just like you trade Dante Fowler for a you give up a third round pick and a fifth round pick. He's only here for a year and a half. It's probably an A, but I'm giving it an A plus because like a 
this is probably another deal the Rams needed to make to make a Super Bowl run in 2018. Like, I know, like, Dante Fowler was not the difference maker in that Super Bowl run, but he, they, edge like, I'm, what, who are we starting? Matt Longacre and, um, I don't know, Samson Ibukam? Weren't those our DNs when we made this, this trade? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so. He's Matt Longacre. <laughs> yeah, man. This is pre-Clay Matthews, too. So, um, yeah, like, you had to make this trade. You didn't give up that much. And like we said with the other second-round pick, it ends up becoming the second or the last pick in the round. Obviously, it was a compensatory pick, so not as much, but uh, in the main round at least. And then and then you keep him for another year, even though he's in a contract year, not on a long-term deal. He crushes it in 2019, and he's good enough to bring you back a compensatory pick that ends up being a third-round pick. So ultimately, you still get a th- another third-round pick for Dante Fowler. And on top of that, like you mentioned, he sucks now. So like everything – like it, I don't think it could have worked out that much better for the Rams. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Especially because <laughs> I I think that Dante Fowler is still a talented player, but he needs to be in the right system, and clearly he's not in Atlanta. So uh, they lost out on on his massive contract, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, uh, I'm not going to sleep over that at all. Um, all right, we're going to move on to 2019. Uh, Johnny, I, I so in grading this like the draft trades in this this year, I think we have to grade them all at once because they were all like a domino effect of each trade. So I don't know how you grade it, but I will give you some time if you want to like grade these all as once um, while I explain how fucking ridiculous the series of events was. So for reference, 2019 is the only time since. 2016 that the Rams have entered the draft with a first round pick. Uh, it was 31st overall because they made the Super Bowl. So here is a series of events of what happened with that pick and who they ended up with. 31st overall ends up becoming Caleb McGarry, but they traded it. Ba- they traded back along with a six round pick, 203 that became Marcus Green to the Falcons. They pick up the 45th pick and the 79th pick. That was in the third round. Um, they end up keeping the 79th pick. That becomes David Long. The next trade, when they come up at 45, 
They trade back from 45 Patriots end up, to the Patriots and have taken Joe, Joe Juan Williams. Uh, we trade back 256, and we also pick up 101 in the third round. Both of these picks will be traded. I will mention these players when they come up. 56 comes around. We ended up trading to the Chiefs, who take Nicole Hardman. We pick up Taylor Rapp uh, at 61. So we move back and get the sixth first pick. We finally make a pick in that draft. It ends up becoming Taylor Rapp, uh, safety out of Washington, who's still here. And we also pick up a 2019 fifth-round pick that's 167 that also gets traded. Now, I'm going to keep saying the trades because all of these trades are a direct result of that first trade. They trade the 101st pick and a fourth-round pick that's 133rd overall to the Patriots. Patriots end up drafting Yannick Huste at 101 and Jared Stidham at 133, which is funny. Um, we end up moving four spots up. We get 97 back. That ends up becoming Bobby Evans. And we also pick up 162. Um, so we basically move back 30 spots um, later in the draft to move up four spots here and pick up Bobby Evans. <laughs> that fifth round pick we just pick up, 102nd in this trade. We trade that and 167 to move up to 134 where we you know, would have been if we didn't make the last trade, uh, they end up taking Greg Gaines and we also pick up a seventh round pick that ultimately ends up becoming Nick Scott. So, you know, as far as seventh round picks go, not bad. <laughs> so all of those trades were literally direct domino effects of each other. And you basically trade the 31st overall pick and a late fourth round pick, uh, 133rd. And you wind up with Taylor Rapp, David Long, Bobby Evans, Greg Gaines, and Nick Scott. Now, this would be a lot less complicated to talk about because you get a lot of shit back. If we were sure any of these guys are good, like, we're pretty sure Taylor Rapp is good, but, like, we're not positive. We are not sure about anyone else in this trade. Um, so, <laughs> I, Johnny, I mean, do you want? I'm going to walk down some of the guys that we could have had during that trade back series. Do you want... To say any, do you want to give any thoughts before I do that, or should I just keep going with all the context before I give grades? Keep going. There's just so much. There's to this so much. Out. Yeah, I like. I forgot how many things happened in this draft. Um, so let's walk it back a little. At 31, uh, Falcons end up taking Caleb McGarry. Uh, his tackle, not bad. Uh, you could have had him. A lot of linemen went in between 31 and 45. And keep in mind, the Rams needed linemen in this draft. Um, this was right after John Sullivan left, right after Roger Saffold left. And we were going into the season banking on Joe Newboom and Brian Allen, which with hindsight we know did not work. Um, you could have had Dalton Reisner in there. He's pretty good. But, I mean, I don't think you're losing sleep on the trade back from 31 to 45. Because um, you, you do pick up a decent third. You end up taking David Long, who we really liked at the time. And, I mean, you never know. Like, he's well, he might get a chance. He'll, he will at least get a chance in camp to be a player on the team this year. And we'll see if he can become one. 45 is where I think they should have stayed. I don't think anything that happens after this justifies not sitting there. Joe Williams ends up being the pick. He's a cornerback. You don't need him. But... As I mentioned a lot over the years, you could have just taken Eric McCoy there at 45. He's been a starter for the Saints since the day he got drafted. He's a good center. Uh, we 
have had a lot of issues at center. We filled it briefly with Austin Blythe. He's gone. Now you're going through the same issues again. We could have just had Eric McCoy there. Uh, We've been okay with it. If you want to like be like real captain hindsight, AJ Brown goes between 45 and 56. You take a receiver in the next year's draft. Like if you went AJ Brown here, that would have been fucking great. But I don't think that happens. I don't know if there's a reality where that happens. Um, Ultimately, though, this nets you a late third-round pick that you end up trading up a little for Bobby Evans. So, like, I mean, this – like, you could add Eric McCoy instead of Taylor Rapp and Bobby Evans. And I think you do rather have that. And, you know, right now with the safety situation, maybe not. But safety situation might be different if this draft goes differently. Um, and then at 56, you're sitting there. It ends up becoming Michael Hardman. I think – I don't think they should have moved back from 45, but I think now that you're at 56, it was the right call to move back because you move back five spots, um, you pick up another pick, and you end up picking Taylor Rapp, who I think looking at how those five picks played out, you probably would have taken him anyways. So you kind of just get some free capital. All that being said, um, I feel like I kind of laid out my thoughts on all of this. Ultimately, you get a lot of draft capital. Um, for that 31st pick, it's a lot of players, but you don't really hit on any of them. Uh, you might hit on Taylor Rapp, but you could have had better players, um, than him with those other picks. If David Long and Bobby Evans end up in, I mean, I guess Greg Gaines too, end up becoming legit players in this team. I will, we could relitigate this next offseason. I will give us a much higher grade, but today, I think I gave it a B minus just because, like, given how many fucking picks you pick up, these players should be better. Like, you should have at least hit on one of them, but we don't know yet. Like, we just we just don't know yet. I think it's ultimately too early to hit on this. But to me, I think you keep that David Long. You end up, like, if you just stayed at 45, you kind of end up with Eric McCoy and David Long and – uh you're not that upset about it. I'm sure you could have found a way to get Nick Scott in the seventh round if you were high on him. I really wanted Eric McCoy also. That, yeah, that's man. What, it hurts a little. He'd be so useful. But that being said, I'm with you, man. I actually said B- minus as well. Um, and the funny thing is I had actually graded each individual, uh, each individual um, trade. You could, you could were, give, yeah, I mean, you could give those grades if you want, but, like, when I was reading all these trades, I was like, I have to talk about these as one giant trade because, like, they were all a part of each other. If they don't, if they oh, take, sure. if they make that pick at 31, literally none of these other trades could happen. Uh, but pretty much they're all in the same category. Like, they're between B minus, B, B plus. So, in the end... If I average it out, it's going to be about a B minus. So yeah, uh, that that's totally fine with me. The uh, I think the for me the the thing that hurt the most was Eric McCoy, just because I, I kind of figured that this guy was going to be uh, a, a starting caliber center slash guard, probably closer to center, and uh, sure enough, he was. And uh, very easily can see why. And then we kind of just traded back because that's what we do. Uh, you know, that being said, 
of the group we've mentioned, the guys that we did end up getting, the Taylor Rapp, uh, Greg Gaines, uh, David Long, uh, Bobby Evans, you know, the, these are guys that could be potentially good. Taylor Rapp, I, I have a lot of faith in. I, I like him a lot. Uh, Bobby Evans, yeah. We'll see. I mean, he had a great game against the Bears in his rookie year. Um, but what we saw last year was not great, and it seems like he's going to get a chance to start. So if he's good, then, yeah, it's a lot easier to swallow. Yeah, so that that's interesting with Bobby Evans. But even still, this guy was a fifth-round pick, you know? Wait, fifth round, right? Um, no, Evans was a third-round pick. It was third round uh, pick. It was David Edwards who... I always get their rounds mixed up. You would think David yeah. Edwards was a third round pick, but he was actually the fifth round pick. Yeah, I kind of switched that there. Yeah, um, still, you know, third round pick for for an offensive guard. That's, you know, this is a guy that, uh, well, technically he was a tackle and now being converted to a guard. So we'll see how he ends up. Uh, hopefully he develops into a nice guard. I mean, it kind of worked with David Edwards, so we'll see. But uh, I, I I like Greg Gaines a lot. I think he's a solid backup. Don't know if he'll ever become anything more than that. And David Long, I, I'm kind of interested in the most because we were all very high on David uh, David Long for a good reason. You know, his collegiate career, he did very well. And it, it could just be that David Long just didn't have – much of an opportunity playing behind guys like Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, Troy Hill, all, all of which are very, very talented cornerbacks. I'm hoping that's the case, but considering that he hasn't really been used much at all, I have my doubts, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this this season will tell us a lot whether we truly won this uh, trades or not. Yeah, this this one out, out of all the trades here is probably the one that's a little too early to um, litigate. But yeah, so there are <laughs> there's still four more trades, and all of them happened during the season, which is pretty wild. Uh, this was obviously the Rams were like not a full dumpster fire, but they were like a trash can fire um, when they started making trades this off season. I uh, first one was they traded a 2021 fifth round pick ends up being 169th overall. Uh, Richard LeCount was the guy that got drafted, obviously hasn't played yet. So like we're not going to talk about him uh, to the Browns for Austin Corbett. So, I mean, to me, this is one of the best trades leads that scene has made as well. It's an a plus you take it's, it's just like, it's not that often that like you get to make low risk, high reward trades. And this is a low-risk, high-reward, and it worked out. Uh, Corbett's been a really good lineman for us. We'll see how he does back at center. Um, but even if he fails at center, you got a good starter last year out of a fifth-round pick, in uh, a late fifth-round pick to boot. So, yeah, you, you, you make this trade every time. It, it was a money trade. Um, Austin Corbett was the 33rd pick in 2018 and this is a year and a half out from there so absolutely worth a risk on a guy like that and it worked out so yeah a plus yeah this without a question is an a plus i i don't imagine in any universe that this isn't an a plus even if uh richard lecount i i think that's how you say his name uh 
even if he pans out to being a, a really good player, it, it doesn't matter. Austin Corbett was uh, a hell of a starter for us last year. Um, Jerry's going to be out for if he's going to be a really good center or not. I'm hoping so, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully he develops into a center. But, you know, this is a really solid guy for a very uh, low-risk fifth-round pick. So, yeah, A-plus automatically for sure. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's a great trade. Do we talk about Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters together or separately? You know what? Screw it. Let's do it together. Okay. Um, so the Rams made two trades on, on this fateful day. The first one was they traded a 2020 first-round pick and a 2021 first-round pick and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Um, which they actually ended up getting back in later trades, which we're not going to talk about because we're not going to do 2021 on this podcast, but it ended up being Robert Rochelle, to the Jaguars for Jalen Ramsey uh, to make some ca- a little cap space. Or I, I don't even remember if they had to make this trade or not, but they obviously it was a direct result of this trade. They also traded Marcus Peters to the Ravens for Kenny Young in a 2020 fifth-round pick. Um which they ended up trading. Although the guy that got picked was Darnell Mooney, so I wouldn't hate if he was on the team. So it's when I combine like so on its own, the Jalen Ramsey trade to me is an absolute A plus. Absolute money. You trade two firsts and a fourth um for a generational talent. I mean one of the best you know, cornerbacks of one of the best defensive players of his generation. The Rams now Depending on who you talk to, they probably have two of the five best defensive players in the league on their defense. Um, even though both him and Donald are going to be making massive amounts of money, you can siphle in, in and out enough talent around the margins to build around those two guys because they're that fucking good. Uh, he is not Aaron Donald, but he is one of the best defensive players in the league and you know, potentially a Hall of Famer down the line if he keeps it up. Uh, there's a chance the Rams are have, have two Hall of Famers in the primes of their career anchoring one of the best Stevens in the league. But I will say if I combine the trades, I would actually knock it down to an A because, like, do you trade two first-round picks for Marcus Peters? Absolutely. Or, sorry, for Jalen Ramsey? Absolutely. Do you trade two first-round – is the upgrade of two first-round picks – and Marcus Peters, knowing what you know now with how he's doing in Baltimore, like he's he's crushing it. Um, he actually made an all-pro team in this same season, I'm pretty sure, which is wild. Is two first-round picks and Marcus Peters worth it for Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, probably. Um, but I would say it's an A rather than an A plus when you factor in both trades. Because, like, without Marcus Peters, it's like, yes. But... With Marcus Peters, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's still worth it. But it's not, like, as emphatic of a yes, if that makes sense. I, I uh, it, the funny thing is I had this separate, um, coming into this. And obviously the, the Marcus Peter trade, I, I actually gave a, a T plus for it. Because basically it was a setup for things to come. That's the reason why it wasn't a total F. Yeah, I gave it a C minus. Uh, and and to be fair to the Rams, like if Kenny Young was good, this it, the whole thing would be you know not that it's hard to swap because we have Jalen Ramsey, but 
It, the whole thing would probably be an A plus if Kenny Young's good, but he's not. <laughs> not at all. But um, yeah. So J- Jalen Ramsey is uh, the Jalen Ramsey trade. When you combine it all, I mean, on its own, I gave it an A plus, obviously. But when you combine everything together, I gave it. I give it an A minus. Uh, you know, still, still not bad. I mean, A minus is still an A minus at the end of the day. But uh, I, I regret nothing. Jalen Ramsey has been nothing but a stud here in in uh, in Los Angeles. And while Marcus Peters had his time here and did very well for us, and is easily one of the most uh, clippable guys in terms of audio clips. Um, it's it's just better to have Jalen Ramsey as opposed to Marcus Peters. I hate saying that just because I do think that uh, uh, Marcus Peters is is a very good player, but he's not Jalen Ramsey good, if we're being honest. No, no, he's not. Well, according to him, he is, but... Like, yeah. he is good, though. So, you know, it's it's not like you're trading David Long. Um, you are trading good player. I wish we could have kept them both. Um, oh, hell yeah. I don't know. Like, they might have murdered each other. I don't know yep. if those two do play with each other. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to be fine with it. Like, I don't know. You, you clearly got the best player in that deal. Um, okay, so... The last trade of 2019, the Rams traded Keith to leave and a fifth round pick uh, that also that ends up being traded was becomes Darnell Mooney as we mentioned earlier um, to the Dolphins for a 2022 seventh round pick. I I, I didn't like do any research beyond the trade. Like, why did we do this? He was a free agent at the end of the season, and he was hurt. Like what was it? What and you? Why did we give up a fifth round pick to trade him? So based on what I heard from what Akib Talib said in a podcast, he basically said that um, you know that he felt like his injury wasn't that severe, but the Rams essentially kind of forced him to uh, be on. Uh, on the injury list and they could still technically bring him back. Um, and, uh, Talib just wasn't happy with the, the thought of putting him on the injury list. So he, I think didn't show up for a practice or something like that. And, uh, they informed him that, you know, we're just going to go ahead and trade you. And, uh, they, they traded him to the dolphins and, basically just caught nothing. They traded him for nothing. Um, they so gave, if they anything, gave up a pick to trade him. Like they attached a pick to move him. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But Hey, isn't that 2022 seventh round pick going to be so worth it in the end? No, <laughs> I, I don't like what what I'm trying to go back and read articles, um. So I I guess I guess the Rams did save four point two million dollars on this trade, but um, they they save four point two million dollars and give up a draft pick. We are talking about a team who does everything to win now, 
and this is this is like a trade that a bad team makes to save, like a poor franchise makes to save money. Not a team whose owner is fucking funding a five billion dollar stadium by himself. <laughs> this Damn. is an app. Then you put this, it like that. This might be the worst trade of the whole thing. Like I I know Akeem Talib didn't even play, but you give up a fifth round pick just save four million dollars like you are the your franchise is worth four billion dollars like don't don't be cheap and like maybe Tlaib comes back later in the year maybe he plays with Ramsey and helps us make the playoffs that year I like I, I know this trade doesn't matter but also the guy that got drafted at 173 was Darnell Mooney not a bad player not a bad player at all um I hate this trade. I'm getting mad thinking about it. I mean, at the same time, what if you get a damn good player with that 2022 seventh round pick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they get a good player with the 2027th, seventh, sure. I want. I. I like. I want to go back to our podcast after this trade and hear what we said. Like, if I don't remember if I was just baffled at the time, or we were probably just still in like Jalen Ramsey days that we didn't care. That's probably what it was. Because I, I I would have liked to have kept Tlaib, uh, but it, it didn't really matter honestly because he he ended up not playing another game in the NFL. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it, well, but you gave up a fifth, so I it that's kinda, true. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right, we're on to twenty twenty last. Segment of the pod. Luckily, there's only two trades in the season. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're not going to do 2021. Like, there's absolutely no point of us sitting here grading the Matthew Stafford trade after we've already talked about it a bunch. <laughs> All right. So, we did kind of already talk about this guy on this podcast, but Rams traded Brandon Cooks in a 2022 fourth round pick to the Texans for a 2022 second round pick. That was the 57th overall pick. They end up trading Van Jefferson. So, it's weird to. It's weird to grade this one because at the time of the trade, getting a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks in his Albatross contract um, and his concussion issues was felt like a big win. Um, but, like, and it's only been a year. So I feel like this trade, unless Van Jefferson ends up being really good, this might age even worse. Like, was this worth it? I mean, you opt to take a receiver 57 the he, he might have taken the wrong guy. Um, it clear like clearly the moves the Rams indicate this offseason makes it feel like they took the wrong guy at fifty seven because you draft a receiver, you sign to Sean Jackson. Um, Cooks is better than both of that. Cooks is better than all three of those guys. Like I know, I know the money wouldn't have worked. He might have still been gone by now. He probably wouldn't have looked good with. Jared Goff last year, and he might have deteriorated as an asset. But if you just like, if you just make a better pick at fifty-seven last year, if you go with somebody like Josh Uchi, Willie Gay, Julian Okora, guys that were needs at that pick instead of getting a guy who, as I mentioned earlier, might be our fifth receiver next year. I don't think he will, but he could be. Um, it's on Van to make this one more palatable, but to me, it's a C. Cough Denzel Mims. Um, so yeah. I I think that uh, obviously they, they traded Brandon Cooks for several reasons. Uh, personally, I think the main reason was because he, Jared Goff couldn't get him the football. But um, 
And that's obvious because he went to a quarterback that could, and and uh, last year was the end result of that. So Brandon Cooks, they, they moved on from him because he wasn't compatible in the offense anymore, and they also needed to save money, which uh, they kind of did and kind of didn't. And yeah. when you really think about it. So they did save money this offseason, but last year they saved no money in this trade. Um, you basically just moved on from the rest of his contract. Last year we still the Rams still paid him $16 million in 2020 because of dead cap. So, I mean, essentially, Johnny, like this trade allowed you to sign Leonard Floyd this offseason. Yeah, basically. So... Yeah, when when you look at it like that, it makes you feel you can, a little better, a little bit. It, it exactly a, a tiny bit better. But this trade, how it'll be graded in the future, will largely depend on what ends up happening with Van Jefferson. We'll see. You know, last year he uh, he had some moments of greatness, and then there was moments where he was just there so we'll see we'll see how he develops uh he has a better quarterback this year maybe he ends up uh surprising us and making this uh trade a little bit better but ultimately i gave it a c minus um could i i could have been a little harder could have been a little more lenient but i went with c minus yeah it's it was a brandon cook's era was weird weird looking back on it um, yes. Last last trade of the pod and one that it's probably way too early to grade and might end up being completely meaningless. The Rams trade the 126 pick in the fourth round to the Texans and drafting Charlie Heck for the 136 pick. We draft Bryson Hopkins as well as two seventh round picks, 248 and 250. Those picks end up becoming Sam Sloman and Tremaine Ankrum. I uh, I give this a B minus. If we're talking about the process, it, it probably should be B plus or A minus um, because you move back ten spots on in the fourth round, and you I mean based on the guy they picked too, like they probably were going to pick him either way. But you pick up two seventh round picks, you get to take him shots later. The problem is like these these seventh round picks should not be should not matter yet. But Sam Sloman in his brief time with the Rams was like. Trade this trade made the Rams worse last year somehow, and so for that reason, I'm gonna knock it to a B minus. Uh, like Sam Sloman literally made the Rams worse. <laughs> yeah, um, when I think of this trade, I think, What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, based on we, I, we haven't even talked about like camp buzz, we should start doing that soon, but based on everything we've heard. Like it's see, I I have a feeling that Bryson Hopkins is not going to be a player. <laughs> I have so, a feel like Jake. They're hyping up Jacob Harris so much. Tyler Higby's still here. Like I I have a feeling this dude's not going to matter. This is where it gets really interesting because overall the trade may amount to something very meaningless uh, because we don't really know what any of these guys are going to amount to yet. It's still very early, but there's a very real possibility that the Rams may ultimately cut Bryson Hopkins 
if he's just not up to snuff. And, you know, we just talked about John Franklin Myers, who they just cut, and he actually had success. Bryson Hopkins took a redshirt year last year, which happens. Don't get me wrong, it happens. But when you're when you essentially get a guy that's a similar type of player, and then you can technically use Ben Skoranek as a tight end also, if Bryson Hopkins does not emerge as any type of player, it would not surprise me at all if he's outright cut before the start of the season. And that's devastating to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't, I don't think it would be like a John Franklin Myers, like head scratcher cut. Like, yeah, we would be scratching our heads a little bit, but not for the same reason, not for the same reason. Yeah. I'd be like, you're just giving up on the guy, but like if Jacob Harris is good. Yeah. And like you mentioned with uh, Ben, you know, if both of I don't know if Ben's going to make the, what's his last name? Skronek? Skronek. Skronek. I, I, I know this guy, listeners. Okay. I just forgot his last name. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ready to say he's going to make the team, but like if he makes a team, I don't think Bryson Hopkins makes a team because I don't think they're, they're definitely not cutting Jacob Harris. And I don't think they're cutting Johnny Munn um, with Gerald Everett gone. So yeah, that would suck. Um, that would suck. Fun fact. Ben Skoranek is actually related to Trent Green. That is his uncle. That is a very fun fact. I actually didn't know that. Uh, yeah. There, there's uh, a... Go ahead. I was going to say, like, with this trade, too, there's also a chance that Tremaine Ankrum is the best player in the entire trade. Um, Charlie Heck started. But... looked at Charlie Heck. He started one game last year. I have no idea how he did. Um, he's not listed as a Texan starter on the line this year. But... There's also a chance all four of these players don't matter. Although Sam Sloman made a big kick for the Texans Titans last year. <laughs> About one of the only kicks he made. <laughs> yeah, so ultimately I, I kind of agreed with you. I actually have B minus on on this, but after talking about it, I kinda of wanna lower it to a C plus. It's just like you pick up three picks or you pick up two additional picks to move back ten spots. I mean, I don't know. You could have just sat at. You could have taken Gabe Davis at one twenty six. Maybe you don't have to draft two two this year, but I don't know. That's Gabe Davis, also a guy that we're not sure is good yet either. Yeah. Now, more evidence that he's good than Preston Hopkins. There's at least some evidence that he's good. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think Bryson Hopkins suited up a game last year. No, he did not. Oh, according to Wikipedia, he made his debut on October 26th in a win against the Bears. But uh, he was not injured before that, so he was sat through a lot of healthy scratches. All righty, man, we did it. Uh, thank you to anyone who sat through all three of these podcasts. Uh, it genuinely means a lot that people care about our thoughts on this subject. H- how do you feel? That was a lot of trades. You know, uh it makes me appreciate Les Snead a little more. The fact that he, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that have mixed feelings on the guy. You know, some people really, really like him and some people really hate him. Me personally, I like him. 
for the fact that he he actually tries to make the team better. I we've seen countless GMs uh, across the league that basically have the wait and see approach, and they stay terrible in the wait and see approach. So the Rams have had GMs like that, and they went nowhere. With less need, the Rams have seen both. They've seen terrible teams, and they've seen a Super Bowl team. Makes you appreciate them a little more. Yep, and I think he's definitely improved as a GM as time has gone on, Um, especially especially with trades. Maybe not so much with contract extensions, but... That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, man, they, he's done a lot. They they try. They really, when things aren't working, they're not afraid to shake it up, which you have to respect. And I just remember this, Johnny. I forgot to mention this. We actually missed a trade on one of the previous podcasts. Which and one? We're already really long, so I don't really care about adding five minutes. Is there any trade you don't remember um, talking about? Because we actually got back a memorable player, but I'm just going to assume that you thought we signed him as a free agent. Uh, hit me. I, I, I can't think of it. March 10th, 2015, the Rams trade a 2016 seventh round pick that ends up being 235. The player I ended up getting drafted is Lack Edwards to the Texans for Case Keenum. I forgot to mention the Case Keenum trade. That's an easy A+. Yeah, even though it didn't quite work out to how we wanted it to. A wasn't bad. Uh, he was... Arguably our best quarterback that season and definitely was our best quarterback in 2016. Um, and for seventh round pick, uh, you know, we took Sean Manny with a third round pick and they didn't even trust him enough that they got Case Keenum and played him. There you have it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, uh, this was great offseason fun. We'll back next week to talk about the current Rams probably. Um, but if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at SuperBarrel, at johnny 6 at TalkRams. Feel free to tweet us. Let us know what you thought about these pods. What was your favorite lesson you trade? What was your least favorite? Um, and give us a five-star rating if you have not on Apple Podcasts yet. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me?